this might be the one That your star would find the shine Place in the sun But things didn't pan out You've got nothing left to show Now you're wondering what to do Where you should go But don't give up Don't give up Even though things get tough Don't give up No, don't give up All you need is a little luck So you thought you might try your hand at something new From the back of your mind wanted to do You were so excited but now you feel let down So you pack it all away and leave it on a shelf But don't give up Don't give up Even though things get tough Don't give up Welcome to this week's edition of the Wispy Mop Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series. I'm your host, Todd, middle initial C. Walker. Yes, that's right, it's me. And we have been listening to the title cut off of a new CD by the title of All You Need. And of course, that's the title of the song by a Maryland-based singer-songwriter who we have interviewed on this show before. 
um, name of Stephen Gelman, the Hidden Poet is what he goes by on his website, hiddenpoet.com. And he just happens to be on the phone with me right now. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you're most welcome. And it's only two years ago that we did the show, maybe not a full two years, and you had just released a CD at that point. So you're quite prolific. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that that's, uh, CD was made a while before that, but it COVID hit, and I kept holding it, waiting for COVID to be over. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID was not over. So it got delayed, you know. And then, you know, when I was home with the rest of the world, you know, uh, I wrote new songs and that's what we're uh, here to talk about today. So these songs on All You Need have been written since, say, 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and um, they, um, they were all written very quickly. I've never written an album so fast before, ever. Like, uh, with the beginning of COVID, every time I'd try and sit down the write, I just couldn't. And I went months and months and couldn't write anything. And then... All of a sudden, one day, um, actually, the um, the thing that got it all started was a friend of mine sent me a card in the mail with a quote from a book, and uh, the book was called Wintering. And um, I thought that the quote was really beautiful and really inspirational, and so that you know that got me excited and that's when i went and wrote the first song which is the first song in the record wintering um and then i went and bought the book because i couldn't wait to read the book and then i hated the book (laughs) (laughs) no but uh, i didn't like the book but um but i loved the quote and that got the ball rolling and then the songs they just started coming one after another after that and then before i knew it i had an album's worth of material and um, I wish it was always that easy. Well, let's listen to about 30 or 45 seconds of wintering so people have a, a good understanding of what you're, you've just spoken about. Is that good, a cool idea? Sounds great. Here he comes. in that song you mentioned your dog and if i remember didn't you get your dog about a year year and a half ago yes 
and I have three dogs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I adopted two dogs uh, during COVID. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that was just something uh, I think a lot of us did. Well, you know, I was trying to buy audio equipment and sometimes some musical equipment, and the problem be was so many people were doing the same thing because they were stuck at home. The suppliers had run out of everything. Oh, yeah. But I would imagine pets, that was a, a big thing because people weren't going to the shelters and things like that. So they, they probably needed people to adopt. Yep, yep, yep. It, it was um, all kinds of people were adopting dogs during uh, COVID. And uh, we didn't, we didn't want to, we had plans to adopt one, not two, but, you know, that's the way it goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the quote in from wintering that you liked oh uh, oh my gosh i don't remember it off the top of my head i have it in a card that i still have but uh that is upstairs tucked away and i don't i can't recall it off the top of my head but it's not part of the lyrics of the song is that correct no no it's not in the song no oh okay it, it was just it was the the spark the inspiration that you know gave me the idea for the song so you mentioned that this was the quickest you were able to write enough songs for an album or a CD or a download card or whatever we call them these days. <laughs> From the time you started writing Wintering, which was the first one, until you finished the last one where you were happy with them, so it was now time to think about going into the studio, how long of a period of time was that? It was about uh, five months. That quickly? Yeah. And I've never done it. This is my 10th album, Todd. And this has never happened. Never. It usually takes years. Yeah. So I, it just, one just kept flowing right after another. It, it was an amazing, uh, you know, period of time for me. Like I, I just never had that happen before. I don't know why it happened, but it was a gift and I just ran with it. Now, had you, while you were writing the songs, had you formulated in your mind how you wanted to record them, or did that all happen when you got into the studio and started talking with the different musicians and the producer and so forth? Well, yes. Um, I knew what well, my last album, um, Cold Harbor, I wanted to do this with my last album, and it didn't it didn't turn out that way, which was, I had this idea where I want to make an all acoustic record with no electric instruments, you know, no electric guitar, not even electric bass. And that's what I wanted to do on my last album, but I got into the studio and the producer for that had, had a, a different vision for it. And I'm always, you know, I work with different <clears throat> producers on each record and i'm always in the mindset that you need that outside voice to kind of direct you and you know so someone who's removed from the music and it's not as as close to it and can see things with a wider lens so to speak and so um so i didn't do it on the last record and i was determined this time to to make an all acoustic record and um i just was happy this time around um, my vision aligned with the producer's vision and um, I, I couldn't be happier. Now, why do you choose to use a different producer for each album? Is it because you're looking for a slightly different sound? 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a different vision and someone who sees things in a different way. Um, and, you know, everybody brings something different to the table. But this this time around, it was it was just pure magic. I mean, it was just um, I, I don't even have the words for it. It was just a joy. I'm usually a, a nervous wreck in the studio. And this was just joy, pure joy from the moment I started till the end. I didn't want it to be over. And that, and that, and that never happens either. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you use the same studio as last time or a different studio no, as well? No, yeah, no, a n- new studio, new producer. Um, and I was, it was a referral I got from, uh, my friend who masters all my records, who, um, who lives in uh, Nashville. And, uh, he put me in touch with, uh, Jim who produced the record. And it, are you at liberty to to tell people where you recorded this? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, so I, I recorded it with um, Jim Robson, and he worked for a long time at um, Bias Studios in um, in Springfield, Virginia, and um, he left there and started his own studio, and he works, you know, exclusively now with the seldom seen and. Um, He's done amazing things like um, he's got he's got Grammy Awards. I mean, he's he's just amazing. And it was just such a pleasure and an honor to work with him. Now, was it difficult to record all acoustic without using electrics? No, no. I like I said, I've always wanted to do this. And this was the most like I said, at home, I felt and more like this is the sound I've always wanted. And, um, you know, it, there's some bluegrassy influences, as you can hear, because, again, because Jim works with the seldom scene. So he brought them in to play on the record, um, you know, and he brought, you know, roots musicians like um, Kathy Fink and Marcy Markser to play on the record. And this is, you know, the brilliance. Here's an example of why it's great to find the right producer for you who understands the songs like when um so when i was first referred to him he invited me over the house you know to play him the songs and then he would decide if he you know felt like he could work with me you know if there was something there and so you know i played him the songs and fortunately he liked them and you know we went from there but he had this vision to bring in this woman named um Chow Tien, who plays the Chinese dulcimer. And um, I'd never heard of the Chinese dulcimer. Of course, I knew what a dulcimer was, but um, I hadn't heard of a Chinese dulcimer. And um, that's like the the special sauce, I think, of the record. You know, it's it's peppered throughout the whole album um, from the first song to the last song. And um, I think it's just a really unique and beautiful sound. Well, it does sound very similar to a hammered dulcimer. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's played as a hammered dulcimer, but the instrument's, you know, a little different. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the, the, the whole album does have a little bit, I, I can't say fully, but it does have a little bit of a country flavor to mm-hmm. it. Right, right. And to um, make that point, I'm going to play everybody a little bit of Just Like You, Just Like Me. Okay. All right? Yeah.
I mean, that definitely has a country flavor to it. Yeah, absolutely. And you seem to be using, or the producer has brought in the dobro quite often. And in fact, in All You Need, it actually even at some point sounds almost like a Hawaiian slide guitar. Mm. Oh, neat. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's Fred Travers from the seldom scene playing dobro. Yeah. It's amazing. Now, did you use your... Um, your basic trio or was it just you and the studio folks? Um, well, the trio is, is on the, the record. Um, so um, Margaret um, sings on um, most of the tracks and plays harmonica. And, um, and then Seth um, Kybel plays flute on several tracks. Yeah. Now, and you, his studio is in Springfield area. The, the bias was in Springfield. His his studio now is in Gaithersburg. Oh, so it's fairly close. Yeah. I was going to say logistics of travel down to Springfield and so forth would have been oh. somewhat problematic. Yes, yes, yes. I'm always <laughs> amazed. When, yeah, I'm always amazed when someone says, oh, yes, I produced this in uh, Colorado, California, and Nashville. I'm thinking, well, you must have spent as much on travel as you did on studio time. Right, exactly. So what is your favorite track of the CD? Oh, that, that, that's easy. My, my favorite song is California. Ah, okay. And, and tell me why. Well, one, I mean, as a whole, this whole album, all these songs are, is definitely my favorite bunch of songs I've ever recorded for certain. But California um, means a great deal to me for a couple different reasons. One, I just love the way it turned out. It was exactly what I envisioned. Two, I wrote it um, for the uh, the late singer Kate Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people aren't familiar with Kate Wolf, and um, I I always encourage people to to look her up and discover her music because her her songs and her voice have been just a constant source of comfort and joy to me for so long. Um, They were first introduced to me by uh, Dick Sari on the Music Americana folk radio show here in D.C. so many years ago, and I have just loved her since. Um, A lot of people don't know about her because she died young. She had leukemia, um, and she was just really on the cusp of, like, big fame. Like, she had just recorded an episode of Austin city limits and she was really um, her star was rising. And then, you know, she passed away. So I've always played a lot of her songs to, you know, keep her music alive. And I've always had this idea to, to write a song like in the spirit of Kate um, that sounded like a Kate Wolf song that honored her 
And every time I've tried, it just never happened. It never happened. And then, um, you know, during this prolific period for me where I wrote this album, one day I sat down and I said, I'm going to try writing that Kate song again. And I basically wrote that song in one afternoon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the production, you know, I, there's a bunch of little Easter eggs in the song for Kate Wolf fans who will, who will pick stuff out if you're a Kate Wolf fan. But, um, I really wanted it to sound like a Kate Wolf song. So I, I reached out to Kate's guitarist who, who lives in, um, in Northern California. And, um, and I said, Hey, I wrote this song for Kate. Might it be something you might want to play on? And, um, she said to send her the song. And so I sent her the song and fortunately she loved the song and so uh, she agreed to, um, you know, play guitar on the, the track. And her guitar playing is very distinct. Like if you listen to Kate Wolf records, you, you know Nina Gerber's guitar playing. And, um, and she was, you know, been touring with Carla Bonoff. And um, so she had like a few weeks off from the Carla Bonoff tour. And she went into the studio and recorded it. And when she sent it back, I'm like, to me, I'm like the music. I'm like, oh, it's it's Kate Wolf. It sounds like a Kate Wolf song. So, <laughs> you know, so to me, that is just the special song for me. Well, we won't play the whole song because it's five minutes. It's a long. It's a, yeah. a long song. But let's <laughs> yeah. let's listen to a couple of minutes of it. Great. Just drift away 
cornflower, blue skies and white cotton linen clouds Driving the back roads on the northern rural route California, 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 California. Well, it's definitely got a real nice uh, soothing sound to it. Thank you. Yeah, I was trying to make it chill. <laughs> <laughs> now, how stripped down was the the sound file that you sent her? Or was it the full production without a lead guitar part? Oh, no, no, no. She had very uh, uh, specific instructions um, and how... You know, she wanted that. I can't remember all the, the things, but, uh, you know, Jim took care of that. And um, but basically, uh, I think it was just my my guitar and my voice. And that's all we sent her. And then when she came back, she played so many different guitar lines. She plays slide on it later. And um, we basically all we added to it was um, some of the uh, Chinese dulcimer in the beginning of the song. Mm -hmm. And then we just left it as kind of like a guitar duet. Well, it sounds very full. Yeah. Yeah. I know she, uh, she played a bunch of different parts and it's just gorgeous. Well, what a fun thing to, to have happen. I've, I've read articles by her and I've seen Acoustic Guitar Magazine did an article on, and this is, gosh, this is six or seven or eight years ago, maybe even longer, about the stage setups for some acoustic musicians. And she was one of the ones. Oh, neat. And so oh, I've known her name that. for a long, long time. And, and I believe that the guitar she plays was Kate Wolf's guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kate left her, her guitar, yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a big thrill for me. So before we go any farther, this CD or this album has, well, tell me, has it been formally released yet? Yes. So it came out a, a few days ago to the world, you know, on all the platforms, digital platforms and stuff. But uh, the official release concert is not until next week. It's on uh, October 22nd. Um, and so that's kind of the official kickoff. But it is available. It's out in the world wherever, uh, you know, people uh, get their music. And um, of course, you know, as independent artists, we always appreciate when people come directly to us to get the music. Uh, you know, the the streaming uh, platforms are are problematic for us because we don't even make a penny per you know play. It's you know it's a fraction of a cent per play, so it's very hard to you know make money that way. But like, I never promote the the digital this that like spotify and stuff like that but you got to have it out there they keep saying so you know the stuff's out there but we always appreciate uh you know when people get directly from us so you can get it as a digital download it's available on cd and it's also available on vinyl uh really cool limited edition um emerald green vinyl um and you can get that from my website, which is hiddenpoet.com. 
just like it sounds, H-I-D-D-E-N-P-O-E-T.com, hiddenpoet.com. And the where is the release concert? The release concert is uh, at Hill Chapel oh, in sure. Newmarket. And Hill Chapel used to have it's an it's a really old church with amazing acoustics, and they used to have a concert series that I played at uh, several times back in the day. And in fact, I recorded two live holiday concerts there, which I released as albums because the space is just so magical and the acoustics are so amazing. But they stopped doing music there and just turned it into a, a, a wedding place. <laughs> now people just get married there all the time. But I wanted to do a, um, a kind of local concert um, for the release. And I just always love the place. So I, I, I approached the owners and asked if they would open up for one more concert. And they agreed. Oh, terrific. Because I've been yeah. to many, many musical functions there over the years. Yeah, so you know the space. It, oh, it's absolutely. magical, isn't it? It's got the perfect amount of bounce. Yeah, yep. And they got the bell tower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it, yeah. The only thing they did not have in the chapel were restrooms. That's right, because it's so <laughs> old. So you have to go next door, but at least it's not an outhouse, right? That, that, that is true, or the curb. <laughs> yes. So there are bathrooms, but you have to walk next door, right? <laughs> well, all of us know, musicians and non-musicians alike, that during the, especially the first year of COVID, there were no live performances anywhere. Right. People got into streaming and then uh, creating YouTube videos. The, what's it been like for you live performing wise as we've moved forward? Um, well, you know, yeah, during COVID, I came up with this idea. This is what got me through where I made uh, videograms. So everyone was stuck in their house. So people would send videograms. They would pick a song and I would, you know, and send a message and I would relay the message and sing these songs and people would send it to their loved ones and friends. So that got me through. And then when it was coming back to live music, I gotta say it, it was really weird for me at first because it felt like I had taken 50 steps back. Like I felt like I was a kid again, just starting out. Like I had nerves. I was nervous. I couldn't remember words to songs. I was, you know, I was just kind of jittery and, uh, you know, it was just like, I had to find, um, you know, what's the expression, your sea legs again. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, now everything's um, back to normal. And then also my old trio we had during COVID, the cellist who we played with, he decided, you know, they're like, we're going to take this opportunity, sell our house, and we're, we're moving away. And they moved to the ocean. So I lost the cellist. So for a while, it was just me and Margaret. And then we um, we ended up um, um, you know, finding, um, hooking up with Seth uh, Keibel, who plays Woodwinds with us now. Um, but um you know, so it was an adjustment period. I was just going to ask you, was it difficult bringing Seth in and trying to incorporate woodwinds into what you were already doing? Well, you, you know, it was, um, you know, once he, he is 
he's such a great guy and he's so funny. Um, he's just so wonderful to be around. It, it was, it was not hard at all. Um, what I was trying to find another cellist and I was having trouble finding one. And then, you know, one day I thought, you know what, maybe we should just go into a different direction. Let's just try this. And, um, we did a, a, we tried a gig together and it just worked and, you know, and now we've been moving forward. And now also we, um, because of the sounds of the new album, we have a, a fiddle player who plays with us too. So now sometimes, uh, there's four of us. <laughs> now has, have you discovered that it's more difficult to get gigs now or, or, or easier or di more difficult since COVID? Uh, I'd say more difficult for sure. A lot of the places, a lot of my regular places I played just never brought music back. Right. I mean, they just never brought music back. And so, you know, that's been, that's been tough. And then I'm, I'm finding it harder. Like booking gigs is like the worst part of this job. Like every else part of it is just so fun, but I hate the business end of it. And, and it's just misery. And, and I'm not, I, I I'm not a good promoter of myself. So like I'll sit down and one quick email or something. And then if I don't hear anybody, I just let it go. Whereas, you know, other people have that drive and that, um, that, um, you know, where they just keep going after it. <laughs> and I, I just don't because I despise the process so much. So I'm finding now sending off, trying to get into new places. I'm just not hearing from anybody. So it's definitely harder. Now, do you contact venues via telephone, email, or do you walk in the front door with a copy of a CD or how do you go about doing that? Well, yeah. In the old days when I was younger, that's what you would do. You know, you walk in the door you made phone calls and you had your press kits you know they were in folders and you had your eight by ten photos in there and like those days are gone and and i think i i've always had this you know introvert introverted side and then covid like really en enunciated that but now i'm just like i'll send an email and if i don't hear anything i'll just move on Fun. So I, I really need to push myself better in this direction to like get on the phone or, you know, yeah, show up at a front door. I, I need to go back to the old school methods. <laughs> well, you're not alone in that. Um, I know many performers, myself included, we're not good at self-promotion. We're, we're fairly mm -hmm. good at promoting others, but not mm. ourselves. Mm. And it is the... And yet there are some people out there who I am amazed they get as many gigs as they do and taking nothing away from their talent level, but some of them are not what I would consider, well, they're definitely not concert level, but even some of the wineries and breweries and places like that, I, I you know, they're more of an open mic type of a performer. They, mm -hmm. they always use a music stand in front, so they're staring at the music stand as opposed to looking at the audience. And yet they get, you know, they're playing every weekend and it's because they are really good at marketing. And I've discovered that many of the people who schedule the music don't actually go to the venue during the music yeah. time. 
Yeah, yeah. So unless one of the employees says, hey, gosh, you know, don't hire that person again or please bring them back, they're oblivious to the, how good the performer is or not. They just like, oh, gosh, good. We, we scheduled somebody for that day. I don't have to think about that anymore. Yep. I think you're spot on with that. And it's interesting. You brought something up. I've been noticing lately this trend where musicians are standing there with like they have this this thing now they put on their mic stands where they put iPads on there yep. and they have all the words in front of them. I'm still old school where you memorize the words and if you mess up, if you don't remember the words, then you make a joke out of it and you keep going. Or you, you sing know? the second, ver the first verse yeah. a second time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So I still insist on doing that, but I've been noticing this lately, this trend, like everybody's doing it. The, yes, my my best friend up in New England, and I was very fortunate to accompany he and his band at Patriot, Patriot Place, which is right outside the Patriots football stadium, and it's a wonderful venue. And um, and he, I do about four songs that they have in their repertoire. So the first set, they did those songs first. So I joined them. We needed very little rehearsal time because we do them all in the same keys and everything. Uh -huh. And then he said, well, why don't you just play these as well? I said, I don't know those songs. He goes, ah, don't worry about it. My iPad's right there. Just look over my shoulder. Yeah. The problem with that was the sun was behind us. <laughs> and so all you saw was a reflection of a, both of us staring at the, you know, the screen because we couldn't see anything on there. And he was even having trouble. I said, Rich, that's why you memorize your material. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and then i i'm so you know bad at, at tech, technological stuff electronic stuff i don't know how to to set it up so that the the screen stays lighted the through the whole song mine just automatically shuts down after so many seconds oh yeah i like i wouldn't even thought about that like because i've never done it so i yeah the, the sun but how do you keep the screen up? Like, I never even thought about those issues, but I guess people have figured out ways around these things. But um, I, I, I don't know. I'm old school, you know. <laughs> well, and I'm a firm believer that if you're, if you've, if you know your material well enough that you can look around, you can gauge how the audience is accepting or not accepting your music now in a winery or someplace like that or a brewery they're there to have a good time right we're, right, we're, right. we're a musical wallpaper but right. in like a coffee house and unfortunately so few coffee houses have music these days because of covid yeah. they realized they didn't need to stay open in the evenings it was very important to realize or to notice are people paying attention or are they not and which songs do they react to which do they not if I'm standing there and staring at a screen, I have no clue what the audience, whether they're paying attention or not. Right, right, right. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm a, I'm a stickler. I'm I'm like you. I'm old school. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> woo, woo. Stick together. <laughs> yep. Now, in one of your songs, you've got uh -huh. it's called "Little Victories." Yes, we just filmed a video for it. Too. Did you really? Yeah, I think it's coming out next week i think now who does your your taping for your little victories the the video yeah yeah so jim uh who produced the album he also makes videos so he did the video for that um and 
we filmed it. I bet you've been there before. Have you ever been to Thorpewood? Of course, uh, yes. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, so magical, especially if you've ever been there uh, during December, during Christmas. Yes, did many many of their Christmas open houses. Yes, 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 yes. So you know how, I mean, it's just like you're totally transported when you're there. And um, I asked them, you know, if we could film a video there because it's so beautiful. And they said yes. So, yeah, we, we recorded a video there. So tell people, we're going to play a little bit of the song, but tell people what the song is about and why you wrote it. So th- this song has gotten the most uh, remarks from different people. Um, and the, the first and people who have related to it more than any other songs. And the, the very first person who said something to me because this was during when we were recording the album when Marcy Markser was in the studio and she was playing mandolin on the the record and she told me she's like this song really touched me she said it really moved me she's like I, I do you mind me asking she said is this about someone who has who has cancer because she had just gotten over uh, cancer and gone through chemo and all that and been through all of that. And she said the song just resonated. And she thought that that's what I was writing about was someone who was going through that. And, and I was like, wow, (laughs) wow. You know, that, that really meant something to me. And then, um, somebody else, you know, shortly thereafter, um, when we had, before the album came out and I played the song somebody else thought it was about you know well I should probably shouldn't there was a more personal experience but they related to the song on a totally different level and thought it was about uh suicide Mm -hmm. and and that's not what it was written about either of those things um and I just it has been so rewarding for me, you know, and since then, how many people have told me that this is my favorite song. I love this song. So it's, uh, yeah, that's been really special. So what does it mean to you? What was the meaning behind it? So when I wrote it, it was about depression Mm -hmm. and, and it was about those days where, you can't even get out of bed. So if you got out of bed, you did those little things. Mm -hmm. You didn't feel like brushing your teeth, but you did brush your teeth. Right. Then that, that was a victory to be celebrated. Gotcha. And, um, but I love, I mean, I've heard so many different people relate to it on, you know, other things. And nobody has come to me saying, you know, oh, I, I relate to this because I deal with depression. So it, it's been all other things. And I just, that just, I mean, it's just mind blowing to me. I love that. Well, I think one of the lar- biggest compliments a songwriter can have is when an audience member, after you finish a song or af- after you finished your set or your whole performance comes up and says, 
that song was about me. Yeah, 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 right. And of course, it wasn't written for them, but if they can relate, and many people can relate to the song for different reasons, then we have done our job as a songwriter. Absolutely, yeah. So let's listen to a little bit of Little Victories. Terrific. You got up today, made your bed, brushed your teeth, and you called a friend. you know that line of uh when you fall get up or however you 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 penned it um reminded me of the documentary about michael j fox that came out not too long ago because that's he talks about how um he falls all the time oh i want to watch that i haven't seen that i want to see that oh you might have just put that on my uh my Friday night watching list tonight. <laughs> it is, it is a, it's a story on many different levels, but one of them is courage. Mm. Um, never taking no for an answer. And then, you know, overcoming adversity to the extreme. I mean, there's so many extremes health wise in our world. Um, but this is one man's who had it all basically, right. and at a very very young age because that disease generally is an older person's disease, and for him to get it at a very young age, just a, an amazing documentary. So definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely watch it. But you know, I, I, I'm sorry. I go forgot ahead. about it. I, I had heard about it and forgot about it. You just put it back on my radar. Yeah, I think I might watch that tonight. <laughs> well, you know, it, speaking of the, the going back to Little Victories, I did when I listened to it, and I listened to it three or four times just to make sure, is I figured it was about um, depression. Mm-hmm. The Just because that's, and I don't have depression, at least I don't mm-hmm. think I do, so I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get, <laughs> I get, I get sad, you know, but the I don't have the, the incapacitation that, that, um, 
true depression um, brings upon people, but that's the way I read it. So good, right. good for you. And I know that's Thank a, you. that's a subject that you, you've dealt with um, in your songs quite a bit over time. Yes. Yes. Like the whole last album was about that. Yeah. And, um, and this is kind of like, this is like on the other side of that record, you know, like finally, you know, figured that stuff out. And basically what, what it came down to really was uh, me getting on medication that I needed. I had resisted it. I had resisted it. I had resisted it. And once you get the right medication, oh my God, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. I, I think I was always scared. Um, well, one, you know, I was scared to talk about it for years. And then I talked about it and wrote that record about it, Cold Harbor. Right. And then I was like, okay, now I need to actually deal with it. I was, I was worried, like, because I've known, I've, I have, have people in my life um, who have had very much more severe cases and their medication kind of turned them into somebody else. Yeah. They were shaking or they were so out of it. And I had all these fears about medicine and I resisted for so long, so long until it finally was so bad. I'm like, I need to do something. And then none of those things happened. The only thing that happened was my life improved dramatically. (laughs) you know, dramatically. Well, speaking of improving one's life, the song you wrote called the Briarcliff Motel, mm-hmm. not that it made my life better necessarily, but when my sons were, <laughs> when my sons were young, I would take them back to my, you know, growing up area, which is Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And we always mm-hmm. stayed at the same motel mm-hmm. and it wasn't one of the chains. It was just a little one. It was about mm-hmm. two miles from my parents' house. So it was very convenient. It also was only a mile from the local donut shop, which made it really, really <laughs> a good spot. And, and right down the street from the best soft serve ice cream and fried clams on Cape Cod. But anyway, mm-hmm. this year, because I, I had gone up to do a, a, a video interview with a high school friend, and I kept I wanted to make a reservation at that motel, and I, I, I couldn't remember the name. And then we chatted about you know doing this podcast, and I you know got the download, and there it is, the Briarcliff <laughs> Motel. Now it's not the same one, <laughs> so I have to thank you for that. <laughs> well, if you ever in Western Massachusetts in the Berkshires, you got to check out the Briarcliff. And it sounds like you would be a fan because like you, you like us, you, you chose to go to a familiar motel. So maybe it's not the fanciest or the prettiest or, you know, but there is, there is an undeniable charm and eclecticness that you can't get in a chain. Well, let's listen to a little bit of Briarcliff Motel. You ready? Sounds good. Yep. Let's get in the car and go. Be spontaneous, go with the flow 
Up north see the autumn leaves Just say yes please We'll pack a bag and take the dogs Be in the mountains by the morning fog It's the perfect time of year Return to the Berkshires Run the setting the roofs They'll be ready soon I'll pack your worries and your cares Breathe in that mountain air Making memories, stories to tell Ah, the Briarcliff Motel. Very cool. Very, very cool. Now, thank you. You have a very now you're you're a tenor. Yes. The but you have a very smooth delivery. Is that something you cultivated, or is that just the way you've always sang? Huh. I don't know. I just I that's just what I've always done. I mean, uh, I never had a guitar lesson. I never had a voice lesson. I just had a desire to want to play and sing, and I just made it happen. Like when I wanted to play the guitar, I, you know, I wanted to play rock and roll, and I bought a cheap electric guitar. This was in my senior year in high school, and I brought a electric guitar, and I brought the sheet music for "I Love Rock and Roll" by Joan Jett. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, technically I should have bought a guitar book on how to play the guitar but no i bought sheet music because that's what i wanted to play was i love rock and roll and i had had some rudimentary you know music knowledge from being in chorus in high school so i was able to figure out okay here's an e here's an a you know put your finger here you know without using a guitar book and i just taught myself to play and then i tried to keep make a band but nobody was ever serious about it so you know the bands fell apart so then i it was just me and i'm like you know well i guess i'll sing too it was just what happened well you seem to have done a good job at <laughs> um, sticking with it and and making it a career and um and i'm trying to remember from our last conversation had you gotten into the working world doing something else and then gravitated eventually to, to doing music either full-time or semi-full-time? Yes. Yeah, so um, what happened was, so after high school, I had started uh, college and, and then I just dropped out and I went to work at NIH and like that was not the place for me either as a creative person who didn't have any skills. It was just a menial desk job that was so boring. And I came home and I'm like, you know, I remember telling my parents, I'm like, I need to find something I can be creative at. And I went looking through the newspaper and found a job. Um, they were looking for someone to plan activities at the nursing home down the street. And I'm like, well, that sounds like something I could be creative at. So I went to do that. And that's really where it all kind of started because the residents, you know, at the nursing home were like, well, you should bring in your guitar and play for us. And I was like, what am I going to play? I don't know what to play, <laughs> you know, for them. And then I'm like, 
And um, I just, I started, you know, learning music that I thought they would like. And of course I was a fan of John Denver and they liked the John Denver song. So I started playing those and, and I just started doing more of that. And then the music just became a full-time thing because other homes wanted me to come play. And so I was able to leave that day job and just do music full-time where I, you know, I played the, coffee houses and clubs in the evenings and then during the day i played in institutionalized settings whether it was nursing homes or hospitals or schools and uh i just made music full-time and I've, I've never gone back well i know that you play quite often in our area and you know Stephen and i live in the same general vicinity the um so kudos to you thank you and as always i wish you the very best we were I had booked you for one of my Sunday brunch concert series. And unfortunately, this was the first season. Last year, I had one rain date. The, the year before that, or the years before that, none. And this year, we had three rain out weekends in a row. And one of them was yours. Yep. And one of, I remember that because I remember the week before it was rained out. And then the week after me was rained out, I remember. Yep. So yeah. So we're, we're going to have you back this coming season, 2024. Great. And I'm looking forward to... Um, getting your emails and stuff as to where you're playing and seeing stuff on Facebook and stuff like that. But thanks again for, for uh, joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It's always a, a pleasure. And I, I appreciate you having me back a second time. Well, you're welcome. And before you go, because the song I'm going to finish the show on and you and I will have finished our conversation. And we uh -huh. had this discussion uh, from your last CD was I mentioned that on some of your songs, I picture them as the credits are rolling in a movie. Do you remember having that? Oh, wait, yeah, that sounds familiar. And, you know, so going into this list of songs, I thought, I wonder which song or songs is going to be the song that I think I can almost picture sitting in the movie theater or in today's world, sitting oh, in front of this. a TV watching a movie. I can't um, wait to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> and so I chose Song for a Friend. Oh, nice. So that's what I will play after you and I finish our conversation. And uh, you'll be able to hear this in its entirety, of course. Um, today being the, Friday the 13th in October 2023. And of course, Stephen is doing his concert at Hill Chapel on the 26th of October 22nd. this year. Oh, I'm sorry, 22nd. And what, yes. what time of evening? So it, it's Sunday the, the 22nd. And I decided to do a matinee show. So it's at three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, terrific. And people yeah. can get tickets at the door? Uh, you can get tickets on the door or you can get tickets online. It's cheaper to go through the uh, online. It's a little more expensive at the door, but you can get them at the door. And um, there's a link to, because I don't know the link to the, it's a, ticket agency that's doing the tickets um but there's a link on my website and i do know my website well <laughs> that's hiddenpoet.com there you go and i would recommend anybody who's interested in going to the concert do get your tickets ahead of time because there are not that many seats at hill chapel that's you know right. old churches didn't have huge parishes so well, Stephen, again, thank you so much for joining me. And, thank uh, you. Wish you best of luck. I'm not sure if I can make it to your concert or not, but I'll do my best. If I can, I will be there. Great. That would be wonderful. All right. Well, listen, you have, you, Todd. you're welcome. You have a wonderful weekend. Okay. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. 
And as promised, here is Stephen Gelman's song from his All You Need CD, Song for a Friend. We do. 
The Wispy Mob Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series is produced by me, Todd, middle initial C. Walker, at the Wispy Mob Music Studio in Frederick, Maryland. All music on the podcast is played by permission from the artist. If you're enjoying the series, please feel free to share the link, wispymopmusic.podbean.com, or you can find the show on either iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and it actually shows up as an audio YouTube on YouTube if you go to my YouTube channel, which is Todd Walker. Anyway, thanks again to Stephen Gelman for joining me today, and thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time.